0: All right, welcome to the Peyton Years, your home for Oregon State men's basketball, the only podcast in existence dedicated solely to Oregon State men's basketball. As always, I'm your host, Andy, and I'm here with my friend, Sam. Sam, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing fantastic,
1: Andy. You know, I, I think uh, when you're in the midst of the whirlwind that is the Oregon State men's basketball season, it, it can be tough to kind of step back and and, and take stock of everything but as I, as we do that now there's only 10 games left in the in the regular season which is of course bittersweet but this is when it starts to get really fun this is when it gets more rewarding and we're coming off a pretty exhilarating result i've got that after gill glow i was just in gill a couple days ago and so i'm feeling good obviously
0: you do have an after gill glow and i want to say are you undefeated at gill this year because you've got more games than i have no, we,
1: we went to the Portland State game at Gill together. Oh,
0: that's right. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought that up on air. Are you so what? Yeah, <laughs> you're three and one? I I believe so. Uh if you include uh yes,
1: the, the Lewis and Clark game and then I'll call the, the fan fest a win as well. So we'll say it's four and one. That you, was a you're batting eight hundred and gill. We're sw- and and they would have won that Sacramento State game that I drove from Seattle to by myself had COVID not canceled. It. I should talk about that more.
0: I it's, should work that out. No, you really should. We got to do a therapy pod in the off season for all the Beaver misses you've had in the last couple of years. Um, but, nonetheless, though, yeah, we're we're looking good at Gill. Looking good at Gill. Everyone's fired up. This is oh, this team is a roller coaster because this week you saw maybe the lowest of lows they've had this season with the drubbing by Stanford. Followed by maybe the highest of highs uh, with Jordan, the Jordan Pope game.
1: The, I th- I think this is the first Jordan Pope game. I mean, obviously he's he's been so fantastic, and
0: the Tulsa game
1: is a candidate. But given the circumstances, and it's really two weeks in a row, they have gone from yeah the 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 depths to to the pinnacle of
0: elation the pinnacle of elation okay that's where we're gonna we're gonna get into all of it (laughs) but first as always the oregon state fight song I had to let it go longer that time because we are in the pinnacle of, what did you say I've already forgotten? The pinnacle of elation. The pinnacle of elation right now because Oregon State is coming off a win over Colorado. Also a terrible loss to Utah. Sorry, I misspoke earlier. I brought up the Stanford game. I meant to say the loss to Utah, which was also very demoralizing. Um, Sam, what do you wanna talk about first? Let's get Utah out of the way. You and I watched this together. We watched the Colorado game separate. um, So I'll be
1: curious to hear uh, your thoughts on it, but yeah, uh, uh, ju- a real ugly one. Um, I, I because I want to just keep this positive and knowing what happened two days later, I'm saying that the 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 work they did against Colorado started in the final four minutes of the Utah game when they finished the game on a 22 to six run that no one will remember. So we pointed out here.
0: Yeah, it was a. <laughs> yeah let's let's start with that it was a great end start with the last four minutes and then i'll give my thoughts on the first 16. exactly um yeah it was a great end to the game oregon state lost 79 to 60 but like you said that was
1: the first one it was it was like six, 60 something to 44.
0: You oh the road. oh yeah i'm sorry i've got the wrong one up um yeah they went on a 22 22- i'm sorry i'm all over the place a 22-6 run. We were watching with our friend uh, Ross. Uh, Shout-outs to Ross. Shout-outs to Ross. A funny Portland comic. Should we say his last name on here? Bastic, yeah. Ross Passick, who cares? He might have
1: warrants, but who
0: cares? <laughs> who cares? Um, we were watching with him. He came over for the last five minutes, and in that last five minutes, the word good loss probably came up 12 times, even though I know that was not the case. We weren't
1: even calling it a good loss. There was just a lot of good loss stuff at the end of that game. Exactly. They
0: lost 63-44, yes. sorry. Um, what do you want? To, what do you want to cover from the game? Because essentially, the story of the game is that they were not able to hit a three-pointer until the last four minutes. No,
1: here. So here's the way I'm spit. Like my explanation for why it went so south. And uh-huh. again, another not terrible, at least to even pretty good at times defensive performance squandered. Great. This was a very weird game in that the first half took about thirty four minutes of real time and when you're a young team who's playing a very good team and you're not making any shots it a lot of whistles can be beneficial you want to muck up the game so to speak but when it goes up and down without a single stoppage for literally like eight straight minutes you're probably going to be in trouble and it snowballed fast they they needed some whistles even an out of bounds call take a charge foul someone something to disrupt this momentum. And so in that way, they were unfortunate.
0: Yeah, when you say not hitting any shots, you mean that quite literally. Oregon State went 0 for 10 from three in the first half, two for eight in the second half, those two coming in the final. Final couple of minutes to start together, but two for 18 overall from three, 11%, the season low, not what you can do against a team like Utah, who is good shooters in their own right, even if they had somewhat of an off game too, just seven for 23 from three. Um, but
1: in, so in other, if they go five of 18 from three, they lose by 10. And it seems a whole <laughs> lot better. I'm just saying, you <laughs> know. I love where we've gotten. You're
0: right. That that is true. That's basic math. Right.
1: Exactly. It just in a ten point loss to a team that good is it should not be something to be all that upset about.
0: Yeah, and I I want to point out that Utah is a good team. Like they're very well rounded. They had three players. Uh, well, I guess Gabe Madsen had 13 points, but he had 13 points. Raleigh Worcester had 12 points. Brandon Carlson had 12 points. Just a very well distributed offense. It wasn't like there was one player just taking off. They kind of. They don't really have a lot of flaws in their offense. They're much bigger, kind of a sneaky athletic team.
1: Yeah, they hit a lot of threes late in the shot clock, which is the most demoralizing defensive, you know, trip you can have too. Also, Boston Holt, former Roosevelt Rough Rider, coming off the bench. So some they've even got some PIL flair, which is not usually a team you would think would have PIL flair. So it's hard to to knock them. Not since the
0: Charles Jones era.
1: Right. Well, Charles he's Jones, David up, Douglas, right course. up there with Isaac on <laughs> is the most PIL adjacent basketball player of all time without ever actually playing in the PIL.
0: This is a total aside, but can someone please reach out to us if you know why he is no longer playing for Multnomah? I mean, I totally saw him. Uh, he, for those of you who don't know, he was playing for Multnomah University, which is a to start the year to start the year. It's, which, an school. it's an NAI school, very tiny one in Portland. Um and you could see it coming a mile away. You were like, "Well, there's no way he's going to finish the season on this team." But just, I would love to know the details of why. He
1: did give Portland the business, though, when they played Portland at the beginning of the year, and that was a beautiful thing to see. And this is why we know for fact that he was on the team. We saw him this summer in the pro a lot with a lot of other guys. Give us a, someone,
0: yeah, someone reach re- out, someone please. reach out, Charles Jones. About as Portland as you can get without playing in the PIL. Shout out to the former Utah great and the Portland State Viking. Also a Portland great. State Viking as well. That's right. Um, back to the current Utah team. <laughs> um, one thing I want to point out is their depth because look, this is something we kind of talked about. Mar uh, Stenovic. He was probably their best player last year. I mean, I guess Brandon Carlson was probably their best player, but But he had he was out a lot. Yeah, he was out a lot, and um, now Stefanovic is probably their like seventh or eighth man. So that shows you what type of depth they they brought in all these returners, and they just the team is very complete. I can see them playing in the Sweet Sixteen. I kind of have more faith in them to make a run in the tournament than I do Arizona. They're they're
1: they're well, first and they they beat the shit out of Arizona once already too. So there is evidence to that as well. But yeah, they're they're very um. No college basketball team is completely drought-proof, but they don't fall into those very often because they have so many shooters and just the way they take care of the ball.
0: Yeah, they're a very good team. Um, Anything else you want to cover from the game? Jordan Pope led the way for Oregon State with 11 points. He was the first person to... He hit a three. he, He was the first person to hit a three, and his shots, like, it's kind of like that Space Jam... A joke where michael jordan's playing baseball and he swings and the catcher's like man even when you strike out it looks good i wish i striked out like you and that's how i feel about jordan pope shots like even when he misses it's like the cleanest looking miss yeah, you've if, ever seen
1: if i was just picked up a basketball in front of a bunch of hoopers and threw a shot up if it looked just like jordan popes and missed i would feel good about myself i'd walk away and be like they think i'm good
0: now <laughs> exactly i've earned their faith um, okay, you want to jump into the next game because this is the or anything else you want to cut from the Stanford game? Just briefly, the I wanted Utah game, to uh,
1: to shout out the the students they showed after Jordan Pope finally did break the ice, losing their shit over that three because as I had forgotten, they throw foam burrito looking things it's into free the, burritos. So you get a, and you can bring it to Qdoba and get a free burrito. So there's some incentive to be. To them hitting threes and those kids re- reacted accordingly it was great to see that energy late in a game like that
0: yeah that was great you love to see oregon state students cheering ironically that lets you know that it's getting time for march right that <laughs> it
1: must be late january um but yeah also a great promotion those Qdoba burritos i was jealous saturday when they were falling that it wasn't in the student section
0: yeah exactly um all right, should we move on to the, the the game of is it the game of the season? Probably. I'm gonna say yeah. yeah. You want to go? Say, you want to yeah. say? Let's
1: call it. Let's that. call it the let's, game of the season. Put the stamp on the Utah one. I think lessons were learned. It's all part of growth. I need uh, to I let,
0: hope we see him again.
1: I'll say that.
0: This is the, yeah. I hope we see him again. This is the game of the season. I've got to let go of my hate for Cal. <laughs> you got to let go of the Cal
1: hate. We do see them again too. Uh, are we doing a Cal's corner? <laughs> Well, I'll just say really briefly that they, they hit a new low against Stanford their
0: last game. I'm a little concerned about them again. Yeah, they no, they've completely fallen off. We'll, we'll talk about them a little later. We'll, we'll do a small book corner on our way out for sure. Um, okay, so Oregon State beat Colorado 60-52, to, to a revenge game, because Colorado held Oregon State to its season low earlier in the season. Just really kind of like a demoralizing beat the blocks off loss which seems to be what happens when this team loses they lose hard especially on the road although like obviously the utah game utah was the first real real bad struggle at home right? right exactly um what's that to you from this game other than let's just get out of the way this is the jordan pope game jordan pope will win pac-12 freshman of the year i feel like this game solidifies he, it well he two-time pack 12 Freshman of the three, week. Time.
1: three this year two in a row i think he's gonna get some more um yeah i uh, will an incredible second half, the best shooting display in one half a Beavers had in quite some time. But yeah, I'll say this initially what stood out to me was that, and and you may disagree. We didn't watch the game together. So I'm curious what you think, but it, it seemed to me that they opened up the game offensively with kind of a different approach. It, it was a lot more kind of weave action and dribble handoff and seeing guys put the ball on the deck and get into ball screens a little mm-hmm. bit more. And it didn't, initially um, make a ton of difference. I mean, they were battling the shot clock a ton. Shout out to the band who counts down from 10 every time because they were on that shit. Yeah, it's very helpful. And it, and needed, yes. Uh, but while the, the start was slow, it just looked better. They, were, they weren't turning it over a ton. They were getting decent looks. They missed their first seven threes, but I, at least four of them, you were really excited about the result of the possession. It just didn't fall. And obviously, once they did, it was a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, it was. I I do agree. The offense – and I wonder if this is kind of a strategy because Colorado is so kind of like Utah, just uniformly big, that to do kind of like the pass, cut, post-up offense that they usually run, that just doesn't seem like to be an option just because the defense is so long for Colorado. It was really disruptive. Not to mention you scored 42 points against them the first time you
1: played, and there was – there were not a lot of promising looks. It was ugly.
0: Exactly. But I, I loved the new look. I think that's what they should really lean into because to me, the strength of this team is in the guards, Pope, Glenn Taylor Jr., Dexter Cano, getting downhill and turning and making plays for other people. Like, not to say the other players aren't good, but I think that's when the offense really starts humming when those guys put their head down. I mean, Glenn Taylor Jr. and Dexter Cano, I put up there with, Best kind of straight line drivers of anyone in the Pac
1: 12. Absolutely. And Taylor, it was only 4 or 14 from the field, but he took eight free throws made six of them. And late in that game, he kind of knew I'm getting in the basket and I'm getting fouled or I'm scoring every
0: time. No, so. you've seen him really turn and just kind of do whatever the team needs. He led the game or led the team in rebounds with 12, um, which would have led. <laughs> The game, but Tristan Da Silva for Colorado, uh, probably one of my favorite players in the Pac 12. He had a monster game 22 and 15. He was kind
1: of unstoppable at certain times. Without him, they would have been blown out. No one else, KJ Simpson, was really, really bad it was one for 13. They would have been in trouble without him. So shout out Tristan De Silva. He should probably be all conference.
0: Yeah, I think he'll definitely get all conference. He's really taken over for KJ Simpson as their kind of like de facto best player and definitely. I mean, he's not as uh, consistent, even though KJ did not show up this game, only had four points, one for 13 from the field. But, I, yeah, De Silva's definitely better at home. But, he's, yeah, he's coming a long way. Siobhan Hadley
1: was really good for them too, five of five. Should have played more than 29 minutes probably. He was the only one that was giving them trouble.
0: Yeah, well, Tristan De Silva is just such a tough individual matchup for the Beavers because he's about the same size as Ratai and Billadu, but he's just so much more fluid and much more guard-like. So he's too tall for the guards but too fluid for the wings. He's, we just – they didn't no one on the, the team can match. Yeah, you, they can't match, can't match up. You put
1: on, on him because he'll go out and shoot threes and play from the
0: perimeter. All right, so if you didn't catch it, Jordan Pope had 17 of his 19 points in the second half going off, just a magical run. Had flashbacks to, like, Jared Lucas at Stanford his freshman year when he was just, like, having one of those magical games where anything he puts up go off. But Jordan Pope's were even better because some of them are off the dribble. He just can do it all. And just
1: a different situation. I mean, J- Jared was coming off the bench at that point in his career, probably like the sixth thing on the scouting report. Exactly. A little freshman comes in and he shoots threes. Jordan Pope is our leading scorer and at the top of it. And by the end of the game, they were kind of shamelessly double-teaming him. Like, just let anyone else beat us. It was
0: It was incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. He ended up 5 for 10 from three, 7 for 15 overall. Just a really, really good shooter. I think if he gets – he doesn't th- – well, he doesn't take a lot of layups, uh, but he when he does, he makes it. He hit one in this game. Yeah, but if he gets to the rim a little bit more, I think he'll truly be, like, the best scorer in the Pac-12, hands down. He might even be able to get there by the end of this season.
1: Absolutely. Dick Daschle made the um, prediction he'll be all-con first team oh. all-conference by junior year, if not before. He's got a shot at it this year, if they can win some more games.
0: If they can win some more games, he's got a shot at it. Um, I definitely think he is Pac-12 freshman of the year. You could argue two of the UCLA studs, Zabona or uh, – I forget the guards. Amari Bailey. He's missing games. If that happens, I will be in a bad
1: way. You will have to be doing a wellness check on (laughs) me if it's a (laughs) Dembo.
0: Sam, get your head out of the oven. (laughs) It's Uh, not worth it. Another thing that popped up. We're still on the Abekwe dunk watch, but I want to read his stat line to you. Four points on one for two shooting, two for two from the free throw line, five rebounds, three turnovers, and five blocks. (laughs) emphatic ones too and
1: about four other drives where and as you said colorado was a pretty big team they got into the middle of their zone which by that was the best zone they
0: played right Most,
1: a lot of it is just because the back is the one down where they looked at him and then just turned around and dribbled it back out they he i think it kind of demoralized them the way that he kept spiking them the first one it hit him on like the elbow <laughs> His arms are so freakishly long. It's, what is it, like a seven, nine wingspan or yeah, something his, like that? Yeah, his
0: arms are insanely long, and you realize how long they are because I don't think I've seen him jump yet this season, like really leave the grab So you get five blocks without really jumping. And by the end, had the most confident
1: look on his face I'd ever think. He got his fifth one on the final possession of the game, and fuck it if you foul him, go for it, but – that I mean the way they played defense as a team that last possession was so inspiring.
0: No, it was great. He looks good. He's he might be the strongest player in the Pac twelve. There's a giant on Washington State's bench who the guy used to play football for Washington State who started off at Oregon State. I'm spacing on his name right now. Oh yes. Um, but he's he's up there. That guy's will probably end up in the NFL, I gotta assume. But a might as well because he's unmovable in the low post. No, he um Lovering,
1: their 6'10 center, who's had some nice games. I mean, he's their starter was off. I mean, and our seats for this game were actually much closer to Colorado's bench. He looked shook when he came out. He, he had like an aside with a coach about like, I just cannot move him. I can't do anything against him.
0: Yeah, you see it. And you saw that in the Utah game too a couple times where Brandon Carlson, all, their, all the post players, they have the same reaction. They put their shoulder down. They take a power dribble. And they literally go nowhere, and he doesn't even look like he really knows what's going on. Like he's no, just standing there.
1: I well, you know, it's not like he would, his opponents in high school were pulling him out of the way, so it's not something that's hap- that has ever happened to him before. Yeah, he and,
0: might not know what it feels like to be pushed.
1: Right. It and yeah, even Carlson is so skilled that over time he's going to force him to make turnovers and and pump fake him off his feet. But even Carlson, he'll give a bucket to.
0: Yeah, no, he's looking much better and he he had 19 minutes uh, right up there with Billado Murtai. So he's really he's kind of been the surprise of the season cuz we went into this being like is he got a red shirt maybe like not not expecting a lot. He's really come along. He's making a big difference in these games. And again,
1: it I I bring up the exhibition game too much, but if you saw him play against Lewis and Clark and that there there's no way you would have expected him to to get five blocks against a Pac-12 team.
0: He has gotten –
1: and that's a credit to having a lot of coaches that are good working with big men. He has gotten so much better so fast.
0: Yeah, we've talked about it before. I, I don't know if on air, but definitely off air, about how, like, you've seen – one of Wayne's – uh Tinkle's strengths, and I think uh, just the general coaching staff strength, is player development. Like, Oregon State – and granted, Oregon State has longer to develop their players than other programs because they get guys to stay until they're seniors uh, unless they transfer off. But you saw it with Silva. You saw it with – uh T-shirt coming in like a little bit better, getting along as his junior before his senior year was kind of rocked by injuries. You saw it with Kalu. big guys get better playing for this coaching staff. And so when you have a lump of clay, like a Beckway, who's the biggest lump of clay they yes. ever received and with plenty of time to work with them. Like, Almost so large, it's
1: overwhelming. Like, where do we even start with this?
0: Exactly. He's Oregon State Shaq.
1: Shack of the mid Willamette Valley. Mm-hmm. That's his and the
0: dunk watch is still on. It's coming. It's coming. His arms are so long. I can, I'm confident he can dunk without jumping. Um, all right. Anything else you want to cover from the, uh, Colorado game?
1: I, I think it's worth mentioning Dexter Acono played 32 minutes. Um, was 0 of 4 and still really found other ways to help his team. He came out with about Eight minutes left. Crass just gave him a rest. Who also played pretty well off the bench. And and my first thought was he's getting all our rebounds right now. And so oh I'm that's gonna... what senior leaders do. And he also all five of his points came in the last
0: two minutes. You know. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Crass uh, because even though his stat line isn't like crazy impressive, what did he, what did he end up with to five points, uh, two, two steals. steals. Yeah, his defense is so impactful and his confidence. I think a lot of these players despite like kind of the up and down season they're having, they're really coming in their own, especially the freshmen. You're seeing the value of getting them all this playing time. But he's gotten so much more confident over the year and he comes in and he's also really impactful, especially defensively. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: he was playing very very tight at the beginning of the season for obvious reasons, but really embraces the I come in and I have more energy than I, and I provide that spark. And that's easier to do now that he started to hit some shots and he hit Ritai hit the other one he hit the three in the first that they were like two of 10 or nine maybe they, right. that was a big shot to cut it to a one point game right before
0: his shot looks time. so good too his free throws are so
1: pure yeah his, his free throws are, are up there with jordan popes the way the net just isn't even bothered yeah that it, it it's you
0: know yeah really like retai coming on um we'll say dimitri rooney and christian wright both only got about five minutes of playing time no points for them so i think Christian Wright, I think, is still kind of working his way back from a really serious injury and kind of finding his flow. No Justin Rochelan. No Justin Rochelan. So still dealing with some injury stuff. Rooney, I think you're still just trying to find that consistent footing, and it's, I don't know, maybe a little bit of the doghouse is what it seems from the outside. Not sure.
1: Perhaps. And, I mean, I, we will, I, I will say it is five minutes. I don't think he put up – he didn't put up a shot. He had two deflections. That is something – And an assist. That, and an assist. So he, he was part of good basketball. All of his minutes came in the first half um, – I just think him and Wright both are too good of players to, like, it's at least possible they have another big-time game. Reveney's been their best or second-best player in games this year. It's been a while. Christian Wright, too. We had 20 points against Auburn last year.
0: <laughs> Never forget the Auburn. Never
1: game. forget Christian Wright. had 20 points against Auburn and 18 against, or maybe 17 against somebody else.
0: Georgia. No, He's playing for, for Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> You're right. Um, <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm still a believer in Rooney because like you said, he does lead to good basketball. He's a very, very smart player. And I think just if he irons out some of that consistency, which has been something that's kind of plagued him since his days in San Francisco, where he was an all conference player early on in his career, um, I think he's still got a lot untapped. Especially with his size.
1: But even even if not, he that five to eight minute stretch, he can play effectively and come in and do things like get an assist, hit a three, get a deflection. That's that is the one consistent thing that he does well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, you want to move on to the next couple games?
1: Yeah, let's do it. The stage is set. This is this is quite the challenging road trip.
0: This yeah, is so a very challenging road trip ahead. Oregon State starts off in Arizona uh, this week. They'll be playing Arizona State on Thursday at five o'clock, and then on Saturday six thirty, they'll be taking on the big dogs. Arizona, the number, what are they up to now? Number, how are they number five? See, that makes, the AP poll doesn't make any sense. It's obvious that UCLA is better than Arizona. Well, they did beat them.
1: It's the McHale Center, though. I mean, like, it's, the McHale Center such a home court advantage, and I'm not giving it compliments. Those people are classless and annoying. There's just a lot of them, and they're very loud. Like, that will not help them when they're in a neutral site against Houston in March.
0: Oh, I doubt they get to Houston. I yeah, doubt I, uh, right. a team of Houston's caliber. I feel like Arizona's an early exit. But let's stop tra- track. Uh, let's stop talking trash about them and jump in uh, to our the other two teams or the first team, Arizona State. This is a gettable game. Arizona State's season, in classic fashion, has come off the wheels. They are on a four-game losing streak. Sam, what are you looking for? The, I
1: just there should be ultimate confidence level you can beat this team i I, you just have to expect that they will start the game a lot like they started playing about 15 minutes into the first time you played them when they started pressing full court and fouling and playing with a ton of energy and shit talking and doing being more themselves because they're on their home court and i think that we've got their attention with how the first game when they had to play very well down the stretch and they were fortunate to come away with it
0: yeah i mean they literally arizona state has not won a game since they beat oregon state see we exposed a lot of the problems
1: with them and they they can play over their heads at time if if they're able to hit some shots early and they don't turn the ball over as much against their full court press they're gonna have a great chance to beat them they will start to implode and help you at some point it also will be big if warren washington doesn't score any
0: again yeah warren washington is probably their main post pro, uh president i shouldn't say probably is their main post oh, yeah. presence it's a classic arizona state team where they really only have one center <laughs> on
1: yeah. the entire team And he's made a huge difference i mean he's been the biggest up it's basically the same team as last year plus him
0: yeah so i think if you keep a lid on warren washington and then also you speed up the cambridge brothers who are very predisposed to just playing wild and erratic if you can get them really moving fast get their shots off i think that's key to an oregon state victory
1: yeah they were desmond was the best player for them the first time we played if they both have big games that's that becomes tough because they've got so many dudes that can that hit difficult shots and and guys like horn and muhammad will probably hit one or two throughout the game
0: yeah, we'll see. Luther Momet I don't think has scored in like four or five games. Okay, so he's falling off. <laughs> he's aging out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of Remy Martin in the Cambridge Brothers, so you can go, that can take you to heights, but also in can take you to a lot of
1: different directions as, as we've seen. So... Uh-
0: the other thing
1: that is different, Way uh, is a different player than he was even a couple weeks ago, and I, I think we have something in store for Warren Washington.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think Andela will still – I think you'll still see him get the starting spot. Like and I prefer him too. Yeah, he's kind of a good – it's a good change of pace uh, by I not know, changing the pace. I meant
1: to say about the Utah game that we wasted a great – First six minutes from Mandela. he had like four offensive rebounds, and they got no points from it. And he he's not gonna do that for forty minutes. I just don't think he's healthy enough. But he's coming out, you know, with the starters and playing his ass off.
0: Yeah, no, he's he's got a lot of heart. You, you can tell he played for the national team. He's really a mature guy. He's going down swinging, and not that it's not to say that he's going down. <laughs> That's not <Right>. a negative. <laughs>
1: and he played well against Colorado. He contributed
0: some offense once. Again. Yeah, he's working three, his, for three from the field. He's working his way back. Okay, then on Saturday, Oregon State takes on number five Arizona um, in home in the McHale Center. This, this will be the toughest test of the season, I think.
1: Yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's our white whale as a program right now. I don't remember the, the year they last won in the McHale Center. It was far before our time, and, you know, the, there's, there's a lot of beaver bias. It's, it's, it's so thick in that building, I would imagine, that you can kind of taste it or feel like you can reach out and touch it. So like you said, I mean, a tremendous challenge, but another game that they I think should go into feeling very
0: confident they can
1: win given the way the second half went of their first matchup.
0: Yeah, extremely confident in the uh, Beavers' ability to beat Arizona. I think what it's going to come down to is hitting shots first off. You can't shoot poorly against a team like Arizona. I expect to come out to win. You can't have one of these games where you shoot poorly in the first half or as was the case against Utah the entire game. like That's not gonna work at all. People are gonna have to be on their games. Jordan Pope's gonna have to make plays and they're gonna have to figure out some way, some way to rebound because last time they played Arizona, the rebounding battle was, I mean, and granted, Arizona is huge. DeBellis 6'10", 6'11", probably gonna win Pac-12 Player of the Year this year, Uh, just a dominant power forward post. And then Ballo is the biggest player in the back. Yeah, is even bigger. They both, I think, had like 12 and 15 rebounds, almost 30 rebounds between the two of them in the last game. That's going to be huge to Oregon State because you just can't win if the other team's getting 30 rebounds from two players.
1: And again, I mean, hopefully Abekwe is ready to to play more extended minutes than he was the first time they played, and that can help a little bit.
0: It'll be – yeah, we should put a side bet on
1: whether we think that Ballo will be able to move Abekwe with a drop stat. If he can't, then it's officially – done. like we're Nobody done with the do – then the move KC off his spot watch is done. We're throwing it away, and we can focus on the Abekwe dunk watch.
0: Exactly. Um, okay, so obviously we're predicting a two-game sweep for uh, Oregon State. Yes. I. To me, the key is
1: uh, – they have so many scores. It's not like you're going to – you can count on shutting them no. down. But if you can keep – Kreisa and rainy and and Battle, I believe, the one with the dreads that comes off the bench and all these guards that hit a ton of threes, if you can keep them from hitting those shots late in the shot clock and, and, and get away with playing two Bellas and Ballo straight up and then obviously rebound, um, I I think that gives you a better chance than doubling their two bigs and trying to – and living with them getting
0: open looks. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I think you're going to have to double the two bigs. I just don't see any way that the Beavers individually can stay in front of either one of those guys, really. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of zone, a lot of the one three one, just kind of Absolutely. trying to make them think, trying to move up the pace a little bit so they're just not exactly sure where their post-ups are coming from. I bet you see a lot of change up defense, but I think you're going to have to double down and just hope that Kirk Kruse has one of his games where he goes like one for 7 which he's prone he to do. does all the time like
1: literally about half the time that's true uh raimi is the one that worries me more than prisa yeah, Rainey's good. Hopefully they can they can cover Ballot one-on-one with a Beckway when they try that high-low lob stuff because Billado trying to d- d- front him was just
0: not working. Yeah, no, it's going to be very – the down-low post-matchup is going to be very, very good. So I think a lot of hopes hinge on Kirk Creasa having one of his games where he single-handedly loses the game for Arizona, which I don't understand why the national media doesn't kind of like latch on to more.
1: I, I can think of some reasons, I guess, none of them good. But yeah. I, I, I just got to think that – steve kerr probably regrets saying yes to that like he maybe make him earn it first i don't know
0: exactly it'd be funny if he took it back
1: <laughs> if if he yeah if the next game he's number five and it says creesa on the back of his jersey we'll know that justice was served
0: that's right um okay i've got a little bit of a ken pom ponderings for you checking back in because i i got caught up because i was explaining to one of my work colleagues what ken pom was today and i went down Good to for you hole. yeah I have a lot to do in my prep period. <laughs> right, well, yeah, Andy is an educator, <laughs> and so
1: he's educating everybody deep, everybody on the truly important you, things. You he's don't have to be awareness
0: a, to the people. Yeah, you don't have to be a student to get my knowledge. No. <laughs> um, all right, so where do you think Oregon State, after coming off a bounce-back win, heard around the nation, where do you think Oregon State ranks nationwide? I, I'm. It's, it's getting tough. Uh, I'm going to go uh, 198.
1: I know it's it's that's probably was too generous, was it not?
0: No, I was slightly shocked, slash, slightly appalled because we've probably been looking at Ken too much because you got it exactly right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Well, honestly, that was me because of the, not because it's what I believe, of course, but because of the distrust and disdain we have for Ken Pom. I, I was thinking, as I said, that was a bit high
0: yeah we are getting good at this yes we are getting too good at this um i wonder if ken palm will ever hire us to work for the website itself yeah i mean hopefully he can and we can we can have the relationship where we can have
1: these disagreements face to face for the good of college basketball
0: that's right um (laughs) okay all right, so Oregon State is 198. I'm going to go through classic Ken Palm Ponderings. I'm going to go through a list of teams that are emotionally, spiritually connected to Oregon State. And you're going to tell me if they're ranked better or worse of than course. Oregon State. All right, first up, Sacramento State. Oh, boy. Um, Sacramento State obviously connected us because that's where Gianni Hunt is finishing out his playing career. Gianni
1: Hunt is, I believe, still their starting point guard. I think he's got that role pretty secure. I don't know that he's having a great statistical year, but it's a kind of their quarterback. And
0: um, I'm sure he's getting a lot of Gianni Hunt specials, which if you've been listening to this podcast for years, you understand that that's when Gianni Hunt is my favorite thing in the world. It's where he would steal the ball from the opposing team with a great defensive play and then get so excited. He would almost immediately turn, turn it over, over.
1: back yeah. over. And it says, if nothing happened at all, I oh, was just a whirlwind of activity leading to where we were in the first place. Had you done nothing at all? I um, kind of miss Gianni. I kind of do too. Uh, you know, we look at the whole picture with all those guys. Uh, I am going to say that they are 192 and slightly better. I'm basing that off of their close win on the road against, or no, at home rather against Portland State. They come to Portland in March. We're trying to go.
0: You are getting so good at this. They are 196. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just, and again, I mean, don't give me the credit. Ken Palm is wrong. In, in that assessment, yeah, this isn't our grades.
0: So we have no. To... <laughs> it's
1: just uh, this is just us knowing somebody better than they know themselves at this point. I know we should really be
0: friends with Ken. I feel like we'd get along well once we got a couple of beers in.
1: Exactly. Well, I hope that he gets defensive, and you know, we can have it out a little
0: bit, and we could. It would be the
1: start of a either you know very volatile but beautiful friendship. Mm-hmm. All right, um, California, uh, Cal. I am going to say is about
0: two eighty two. They are two fifty-five, too too high. Yeah, too high.
1: There, that was so. That's what about seventy teams? That implies that they would beat. Yeah, They're, that is not true. I I don't care. There there was a stretch where it started to look like, especially the low and mid majors, they beat most of. But that's gone now. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, we'll do a little cows corn. Yeah, so sorry, <laughs> we'll
1: come back to it. I know you're all waiting.
0: Um, okay, our second favorite team in the state, Portland State. Portland State is going to be checking
1: in. Okay, this is a tough one. This could go in a lot of directions because Ken Palm doesn't always look at the most relevant
0: facts when he does this. Yeah, Ken Palm might just be looking at the fact that Portland State is here. Let me pull up their record really quick. They're seventh in the big sky. (laughs) They're getting top five. Oh, yeah, they're great. They're seventh in the big sky. Um, And let's see, overall, they are 9-13
1: about where they were last year, honestly. They're a second half of February team. They will make a run in the Big Sky Tournament just as they did a year ago. But for now, I'm going to put them at 214. They're at 235. Disrespectful. Again, now we're getting still, into some of this yeah, again. Still, Baum, still better than Cal. Um, what about uh, – They would destroy. That's the worst matchup for Cal is a team with a, a brand like Portland State no, who plays that way.
0: Yeah, they would – They would, would f- feast on them. No, they really would. Okay, here we go. Coming back to our old rivals, Queens, who's fifteen and eight and on a two-game win streak. Queens
1: is fucking tight. I continue to enjoy watching them play in that little barn of the gymnasium. They, I'm guessing Queens is a one eighty-eight, two hundred and ten. What? They've beaten Marshall. Like he just doesn't pay attention as well as it. Th- these formulas aren't as good as people give them credit for and if you really just go down the list you find obviously untrue things like queens not being in the top 180 or so teams in the country
0: exactly um speaking of top 180 teams in the country how do we feel marshall marshall I, uh, marshall's good they're 78th in the country. um how do we feel about samford college 14 and 9 samford who was on a, a massive win streak? They were on a what three six eight game win streak, but they've lost two games in a row to Furman and Wofford. Where do you think they're ranked?
1: Well, Wofford, it, Wofford is traditionally a, a team that is
0: Furman's loved top hundred this year
1: by the net. Furman sometimes too. I, I think those are in Ken Palm's eyes two very justifiable losses. Dare I say even good losses that almost further validate their standing? I'm going to say they're like one sixty six.
0: 136 they're still i don't know why they're still climbing still climbing they haven't stopped where
1: they were last time i was trying to be safe with that one
0: uh and then let's
1: check they are gonna get an nit berth if everyone loves them as much as ken palm does
0: he's pushing for it he's got money on that i bet that's the scandal i'm waiting for is the ken palm gambling
1: (laughs) yeah there's no rule against him doing we don't talk about how Ken Palm probably spends more time gambling on college basketball than and and can influence it himself. No one has more influence over betting lines outside of the people making
0: them than Ken Palm. That's exactly right. All right, and then our old bellwether, Yale basketball. Is Yale ranked better or worse than
1: Oregon State this, this year? This one I'm I'm a little more in the dark with Yale. I don't think they're at the top of the Ivy. League. They're not.
0: They're. Fourth, they're third or fourth in the Ivy League.
1: Okay. Well, that's still high enough, I'm going to say that they're one eighty first.
0: They're eighty-fourth.
1: So I I mean at what point do do we talk collectively about how no one thinks the Ivy League is good except Ken Palm?
0: Well that's let me ask you this.
1: The third place team in the Ivy League is is a top one hundred a top eighty team basically. Why aren't they ever on
0: ESPN then? Let me ask you this. Is Oregon State ranked worse than every Ivy League school to Ken Palm? They're 198th in the country. Yeah,
1: they are, aren't they?
0: No. No, they're not, Sam. Come on. We're better than Dartmouth, Brown, and Columbia. Hell yeah.
1: (laughs) That just makes it more absurd. I'm sorry, but Yale is not 130 or more potentially spots better than their conference rivals. They just aren't.
0: Yeah, they, yeah, Columbia is the worst team in the Ivy League. They're 345th <laughs> in the country, but they've won a game. They have, the, and they, they have a league win. They have a league win. That's, yeah. That's, that's
1: disrespectful. <laughs> we're, we're again bringing ugliness to light for, for you, Peyton heads.
0: Exactly. All right. um, Speaking of bringing ugliness to light, let's jump back in on Cal (laughs) basketball. Nice job. (laughs) Our old bellwether, Cal basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you check my diploma. It's the only place you'll find it. Um, All right, let's do a little Cal's Corner. So, if you follow this podcast, you know that I famously predicted that Cal would not win a single game this year. And then they proved me wrong by beating the 293rd team in the country, UT Arlington. Uh, by 22 points. That was supposed to be their one win of the season. But what Cal did shocked the world. They went on a two game win streak, beating Colorado and Stanford. So that does kind of lessen the Colorado win a little bit in my eyes. And they now they are
1: very Jekyll and Hyde. Colorado is a part of the middle of the Pac 12 that can kind of beat just about anybody and lose to just about
0: anybody. Exactly. They followed that up with um, five consecutive losses. The last three coming by 20 points or more in each game, just a complete drubbing by Stanford, almost 30 points. That's funny. I like Cal. I just wanted to do this. This is the only reason I want to talk about Cal's corner because when they went and beat UT Arlington, they were 256. And then by winning two those three games against UT Arlington, Colorado, and Stanford, they got all the way up to 205th. <laughs> in the country sounds to me like a pretty
1: flawed (laughs) metric or formula that you're using if a team can do that
0: they and what's crazy about that is that they were able to keep getting ranked higher despite losing (laughs) a couple of games after that but now they are all the way back at 255th it's full circle for cow basketball that's why i wanted to bring up full circle they're right back to where they started before they had a loss before they had a win right what a what a
1: what a roller coaster that is it's a word we've used already on this i mean and that's certainly
0: cal i mean cal basketball it's not a roller coaster but it's like that amusement park ride where it just takes you up a long pole and kind of holds you there for a second and then it drops you really fast then you stop for a second in the middle and you pause for one more second and then it just drops you. Hey, I don't know
1: who those are for. They're not
0: fun. They're for all. Cal basketball fans. <laughs> They're
1: for Cal basketball.
0: <laughs> you got a guy wearing an Alan Crab jersey front center. Cal so
1: really was starting to have like a second act of a Disney movie to their season. Like they started, it was terrible. Their best player is kind of a dick. No one likes him. Then he he steps away and they start playing together. They upset some teams, and it really seemed like they were they were having a start to a magical very inspiring second half then then they pissed it away against washington yeah they lost
0: an ot to washington missed some free throws and i think like you said that the hand gets shaky they bring Askew back and everything everything, goes everything falls apart it's like the if it was a disney movie it would have been like Askew shows back up to the gym right after they lose and he's just shooting free throws and he's like i told you you guys need me and the coach comes in and he's like get the hell out of here like we don't need you and they rally together but Opposite of what it was
1: like, you're right, Devin, you're running
0: with the ones today. Yeah. Let's get back to what we were doing before we won any games. Shout out to Mark Fox, who looked for a second like he was going to save his job and now is 100% getting fired.
1: I just don't see how they can just – like
0: Cal, it's in a bad way. It's in a bad way, so that's your Cal's corner.
1: There were more Beaver fans at last year's Pac-12 tournament than Cal fans. Yeah,
0: they have no fans left, um, except for us. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, any uh, shout outs or close outs on our way out of here?
1: I I have a a, a quick positive one and then a, unfortunately a little, little bit of a somber one, but um I want to shout out the band. That was my favorite band performance I've ever seen at a at a game a gill game live. They're they're kind of creating their own identity a little bit in the vein of the more eccentric ones and it's great to see. And again, they had to count down from 10 for, to for about the shot clock quite a bit and they killed it. Uh Thank you. Of course, shout outs to Trevor Kramer, as always, for hooking up the tickets. We will be back. We will make it some more. It was a great evening. Um, but And then my other one, sadly, it's unfortunately not the first time we've had to do this on this podcast. But uh, a roommate of mine, a good friend, I haven't seen him in a number of years. I just found out a way uh, today that the former beaver himself, uh, Taylor Wilson, passed away. Uh, much much like your friend Blake, uh, a beaver through and through, always down to give up, uh, throw up a fuck the ducks, uh, Sneak into Reser Stadium, perhaps things of that nature. Um, as steadfast a Blazer fan as you'll ever meet. Um, So sad day, certainly, We uh, a, a true Peyton head.
0: Yeah, a true Peyton head. And uh, I guess I, I do have a shout out, it's a little self-aggrandizing, but I just wanna shout out myself and my JV2 basketball team at McDaniel, because, and you probably have already heard this on ESPN, we beat the Grant JV2 basketball team last week. I don't know when the last time a McDaniel or Madison basketball team has beat a Grant basketball team in girls or guys basketball, but it's gotta be at least 10 years. I'm,
1: well, I'm going to, I'll add to it. And again, if you're not familiar with PIL basketball, this is akin to beating Arizona at the KLC. Yeah. Cause no, it was at Grant. They now, the PIL now does uniform youth sports. So from sixth grade through the end of high school, you can play for Grant Lincoln, McDaniel, wherever it is. And I, I would be, probably more shocked if a youth team ever has beaten Grant in the past, again, 10 years uh, or more
0: yeah. potentially. So
1: shouts to Andy, um, coach of the week for sure. And there were some some great candidates.
0: Yeah, coach of the week, great candidates. And I just, I, I own Grant. I, I know I don't have a lot of listeners on here, but I, I own the Grant basketball program. Beat them at every level, player, coach, whatever you want. I got their number, call it whenever I want. And another thing I want to call whenever I want, It didn't work out very well. In my mind, it sounded better. I just got hyped up talking trash about Grant. It feels good. It feels good. And you know what else feels good? That was better. Fuck the ducks. Fuck the ducks. All right. Go bees forever. See y'all very soon.